Welcome to our next episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding your learning and applying the administrative and management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. What is the only capital one has as an executive or entrepreneur? Her L. Ron Hubbard. We have mentioned it before, but we have not put adequate emphasis on it. The only capital an executive or entrepreneur has is the willingness to work. You can have all the clever technology, equipment, marketing strategies, beautiful office space, training materials, etc. in the world. But if you do not have a willingness to work from your team, you have nothing. Some leaders are brilliant at cultivating willingness. Some seem to have a skill only in destroying it. If you want to be a howling success, you better get good at recognizing willingness and preserving it. So let's start by defining it. What is willingness? Per Mr. Oxford, we'll check it out, the Oxford English Dictionary, it is the quality or state of being prepared to do something, readiness. And the example they give here is the ability and willingness of workers to migrate. So that's willingness. Willing means, same source, ready, eager, or prepared to do something. He was quite willing to compromise. Also given or done readily. Willing and prompt obedience. It's kind of a nice word. You know, it talks about sort of being um, eager to do something, ready to do something, prepared to do something. You know, the guy's willing. That's... That's a beautiful quality. If you're trying to get something done, they're eager to do it. They're willing to do it. Anyway, so that's uh, willing. comes from uh, Old English will. I mean, we talk about having one's willpower or having a will. It's all from the same source. Uh, Old English willun, to wish, desire, be willing be used to, be about to. Um, an old Norse word. I like those old Norse words. Vilja. Uh, will. This guy's got a lot of vilja. That's the verb. To wish, desire. Here's the noun. Old English will. Mind, determination, purpose, desire, wish, request. Joy, delight. What a crazy word. Old English will. They have a will for this. They delight in it. They have a purpose. They have an intention, a determination. Great word. Also from Old Norse, vili. And here's another derivation. Old English willing to determine by act of choice. So clearly, will, willing, and willingness all stem from an individual's decision of their own determinism, that this is something that they have a purpose to do, a desire to do, a wish to do, something they get joy from or delight from. 
They are a willing crew. They're a willing bunch. He or she is a willing employee. Now, we have watched willingness vary in individuals. Have you ever noticed it probably even varies within yourself? Because the capacity and the ability that you have to do anything stems from your willingness. In other words, there is a tremendous amount of innate ability within the being. This is something that Mr. Hubbard teaches over and over again when he talks about the personal technology of how to develop oneself uh, and achieve one's full potential. The ability is always there. But it is monitored by willingness. And we've all heard the stories, uh, these are not uncommon, actually, of um, a sister perhaps walking into the garage and seeing that uh, her brother, who's working under a car, the, the jack gave away and the car has dropped onto the chest of her brother and uh, she runs up and lifts the automobile and drags her brother out from under the car. How the heck? Well, where did this ability come from? Did, did some fairy just come around and just bestow it all of a sudden, instantaneously, to this, uh, this woman that she is now able to do this incredible feat? Or was the ability already there? And something prompted a willingness within her to perform the action. So I give you another definition from Mr. Hubbard, an early definition of the term necessity level. Mr. Hubbard defines it as, it is a sudden heightened willingness which untaps a tremendous amount of ability. Lauren Hubbard. So evidently then, one has abilities one has not even tapped which becomes untapped according to your will, your willingness. And as an executive or as an entrepreneur, you would do well to become expert in tapping into that willingness within your team. And that can be brought about in uh, several ways, but often it's, it's brought about through necessity level. A person, how often have you perhaps experienced this yourself or observed it in others? have a quota that you have to make by the end of the month. And at the beginning of the month, nothing seems to happen. Nothing seems to close, quote-unquote, if you're being in it's a sales quota. And suddenly, within the last two days of the month, everything closes, everything goes right. Why? The necessity level is there. You know, our paycheck is going to be dependent upon what I pull off this month. If I don't pull it off, I'll probably end up fired, and suddenly, there's a new well of willingness developed within the individual. That willingness can be coaxed out of a person. I'm sure you can think of many, many different instances in your own life where you were able to accomplish things that you never thought you could simply because you had to. You know, get, uh, you know, you, you end up, you have a deadline and you end up, you know, messing around with all this. Uh, other stuff during the day and, you know, the, the hour approaches where the deadline comes and you're like, oh my God, I haven't gotten to this yet. 
And suddenly you knuckle down, you go, oh, there's no way I can do this. And you do it. Why? Because you have to do it. And you untapped a tremendous amount of ability. Okay? That, and you were basically willing to do it. How did that willingness come about? It came about through a necessity level in this case. So um, a corollary of this, of course, would be how do you establish your own necessity level? Because if you can establish enough of a necessity level, uh, your ability just comes forth, you know, consistently without having to have external sources uh, giving you that necessity level. You don't have to have a house on fire to uh, to be able to move quickly and act quickly and think quickly and so forth. So, but that's a whole other subject. We're talking about handling employees and uh, your team and what you are seeking. What you are seeking is you are seeking uh, individuals who have willingness. So I'm now going to read from to you from this article from Mr. Hubbard. Uh, it's dated 19 September 1958. It's called A Model Hat for an Executive. And he says here, I've, I've read this to you before in an earlier podcast, but he says here, the only capital an executive has is the willingness to work. Preserve it. No person can be driven to labor, as every slave society has found out. They always lose. When a man is whipped, that work he then does still stems from his willingness alone. Anger made it smaller. So that's your only capital, man. He goes on to say this. He says, um, the only persons an executive cannot handle are those who continually say or dramatize, it can't be done. No matter if the person is the attorney or the accountant or the head sweeper, if his response to all solutions offered is, quote, it can't be done, end quote, either stated or acted out, the executive has only two answers. Now, uh, one of those answers has, of course, to do with the fact that uh, any individual can change. Uh, if they really desire to, and they really seek uh, personal development um, to uh, make a, a significant shift in uh, in how they approach life, I guess you could say. And that usually has to do with personal handlings. And really, uh, in the business world, it's not really our place particularly to engage deeply in uh, an individual's uh, personal development. Uh, of course, any, uh, as we've covered earlier, any amount of uh, training or enhancement one gives uh, an employee for their job often makes a difference in how they uh, do personally in life. But really, that's not so much your affair. Generally, that is not an approach one would take to, uh, to help the individual personally to uh, make a change, but the other option is is far more uh, far easier to execute, which is to fire the person. And he goes on to say this: threats, penalties, scoldings, all accomplish nothing. He goes on to say this: we have then three classes of possible personnel: one, the willing; two, the defiant, negative; three, the wholly shiftless. To handle these, we have three classes of action only, and none in between. 
class one above, which is the willing, handle them as outlined here with understanding, intelligence, helpfulness, courage, and compassion. Now, I'm going to, as an aside, I just want you to note these qualities down. Understanding, intelligence, helpfulness, courage, and compassion. I strongly urge you to make a little checklist out of this until you get it down where you're handling your staff with these qualities, these five qualities. Okay, class two above, that's the defiant negative. Now, you can probably think of some defiant negative people. They're not that high to recognize. Uh, They don't necessarily uh, voice it, as he said above. It can be demonstrated in their actions. They might say, yes, boss, and they just won't do it. Or they uh, act it out that it just can't be done. Say, well, you know, I'm trying or whatever. It's a defiant negative. Okay? No matter what you propose, no matter what handlings, there's always a negative response. That's the defiant negative. I'm sure you can think of some examples. Okay? Uh, And then you've got class three, which is the holy shiftless. So shiftless, uh, per Webster here, says lacking the will or ability to do or accomplish. Interesting that they use the word will in there. So shiftless, Mr. Hubbard's choice of words, would be the opposite. No will to do it. They're not capable of action. They're lazy. They're shiftless. Okay? Wholly shiftless, by the way. So he says... um, Classes two and three, so I already went over you with you. Class one, he says, handle them as outlined here with understanding, intelligence, helpfulness, courage, and compassion. Classes two and three are non-employable. Why burden the staff or economics of the organization with them? Look, what are you trying to accomplish with your company? Are you creating a company just so that you can handle the people that work for you and make them into better people? Look, if you're really handling your business correctly, the individuals who are working with you are going to come way, way upscale through their increased levels of competence, uh, the inspiration of your leadership, the cause you're perhaps pursuing, if it's a worthwhile cause that influences uh, all aspects of life. I mean, there's no reason why people should not continually go upscale by working with you if you're a good and competent leader and you have a worthwhile uh, organization doing worthwhile things, okay? But that is not why you are there, is to handle the people that are working within you, or working with you, you're there to handle something out there, external to your company, right? So if you now have shifted your whole direction to just handling these individuals that are not handling, and they will not handle, without intensive uh, address, well, then you are burdening the rest of the staff and you're burdening the economics of the organization. So why are you doing that? Now, he qualifies this. He says the willing, this is Mr. Hubbard, the willing include the overbearing, the meek, the swift, the slow, the efficient, the worried. Threats and punishing regulations do not help them. Only hurt the innocent with the guilty. Tight scheduling, insistence, reason, crispness, and understanding help them. The unwilling are bait only for the unemployment bureau. Leave a post vacant rather than hire them. 
You'll wish you had. So here, he, you know, Mr. Hubbard's describing, look, there's not a, a set characteristic for the willing. The willingness is demonstrated in how they are performing and how they are responding to direction and leadership. The kind of results that they are producing, they could be meek. They could be overbearing. They could be a pain in the butt. But that doesn't mean they're not willing. He goes on to say this, don't confuse a clash of personalities independence and lack of subservience with unwillingness to do. The military does this and look at it. If you only want a staff that won't talk back, join the army. They punish people for communicating or deserting. Some very high-class bastards can do some high-class jobs. So, so remember, we're looking for this quality of willingness, will to do, determination to do, decision to do. And that will be acted out. You'll see that in their, demonstrated in their actions. And, of course, how they respond to your direction. He says, the unwilling only do or say can't, quote-unquote, no matter what solution or task is offered. Usually they don't talk. How about that? Sometimes they are models of meekness, but like a hunting dog that won't kill chickens, they are no good to you. If they're out of your organization or department, you have only the willing left. So why look further in executing than being decent? By executing, he's talking about getting things done, right? An executive gets things done by executing things. All right. The man who doesn't appreciate it isn't with you anyway. So that leaves only one code of conduct for an executive to follow, the one outlined here. His personnel, hat, excludes the Mr. No and Miss Can't and Master Flop. An executive needs as much discipline and anger as he lets the unwilling in. The first principle of an executive is to accomplish the goals of the organization and department. He must employ the willing and maintain ARC. I don't know if you remember, if you listened to that podcast before, did an earlier one on this subject, affinity, reality, and communication form a triangle that together make understanding. We must employ the willing and maintain ARC and remember that there's an R in it. Mr. Harper goes on to say, a quarter of a century of leadership in this life has taught me that the only underprivileged posts there are are posts of leadership. As one rises on the scale of authority, his flaws magnify, and so does his power to hurt and destroy. It would take an archangel to be a perfect executive. Despite the trying nature of an executive post, it yet must be filled, and filled with understanding, intelligence, helpfulness, courage, and compassion. When a lack of these enter upon an organization's calm, short for communication, when a lack of these enter upon an organization's calm lines, the organization sickens and is gone, just as our world at large is doing. And with that, Mr. Hubbard provides instruction to the executive on how to issue instructions to personnel. And it's five steps. And we'll wrap up this episode with these five steps. This is uh, from the same article, Model Hat for an Executive, How to Issue Instructions to Personnel. Quote, one, have a definite, clear-cut, and correct estimate of the situation. Very important. We talked in the last episode about observation. You need to, one, have a definite, clear, 
cut, and correct estimate of the situation. Don't start issuing instructions or direction or orders until you have that. Okay, number two, make a precise, properly communicative statement in writing of exactly what you want done. Hey, scrap the verbal direction. You can give a verbal direction as long as you follow it up with a written communication, communicative step, statement, concise, precise, properly communicative statement in writing of exactly what you want done. Half the time, probably more than half the time, the trouble you create for yourself is you're not giving a precise, properly communicated statement of what you want done in writing. And so the person does something slightly different or sometimes very different, and uh, you just created that yourself by not putting it in writing. Okay. Step three, reissue two. So you've got that statement of what you want done. That's step two. Step three is to reissue two. Step four, reissue two. Step five, reissue two. There are no other steps. L. Ron Hubbard. You've got willing people, don't you? The onus is on you to make a correct estimate of the situation and to write a precise, properly communicated statement of what you want done to remedy or handle that, right? you got willing people. You put it in writing. You reissue it. You reissue it. You reissue it until it is done. And don't you mess around with not getting it done, okay? That's your job. You are, after all, the executive. You are there to get things done. That's what execute means, to get things done. So, uh, and there are no other steps. Unless you run into an unwilling and defiant negative or wholly shiftless, then dismiss them. You know, why burden the organization with them? And I think you will end up with nothing but willing people around you who enjoy working with you. Being an executive is not that difficult if you follow this hat. And you use these beautiful qualities Mr. Hubbard's describing here. Understanding, intelligence, helpfulness, courage, and compassion. Boy, I want to just emphasize courage for a moment. It does take courage to trust others to get things done for you sometimes. And it does take courage sometimes to confront some of the things that need to be confronted so that you can get the job done and help your group and help society. So a little homework assignment if you want. Just write a little checklist, understanding, intelligence, helpfulness, courage, and compassion, and um, make a note of these three classes of personnel and handle them appropriately per this uh, reference. And have a great day. And have a great week and uh, start having a lot of fun with your organization and watch it grow and watch people truly appreciate what you're doing. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for today. Please uh, send us your feedback. We love hearing from you. Info at wiseeastus.org. There's a link on the homepage of this uh, channel so you can it's very easy just click on it and drop us a line we'd like to hear how you're doing plus we like to handle your questions you'd be surprised how uh, helpful we can be if you have a question so don't hesitate to uh, ask all right uh, you know we have lots going on of course but you can always make the time to answer your questions so fire away okay that's it for today talk to you next week <laughs>